and mercy Lord in our lives thank you for watching over us thank you Lord that you've always been there Lord oh bless that you never change Lord you're the same yesterday today and forever father you're the same God that was there that part of the Red Sea Lord as we've sung you're the same God that's alive and real today Lord ready and ready and waiting to perform all that we would ask all that we would desire Father, we just come tonight, Lord, presenting our token to you, Lord. Father, showing, Lord, full obedience to the word. Lord, it's all we have is what you've given us. Lord, we're not worthy on our own, but your blood has made us worthy. Father, we thank you, Lord, and we thank you for it, your grace, your mercy, how great you are. Lord, I pray tonight you come and just take the reading of the word, the hearing of it, Lord. Take it all into your hands, Lord. We want you, Lord, to be all in all tonight. Father, may we go out a different person than when we came in. We love you and we ask for revelation in these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Is it good to be here? Amen. As I was singing last night, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. That's all the singing will do. Amen. Let's take our Bibles together. Turn to the book of Philippians with me, if you will. Philippians chapter 4. Amen. I know I've kept you standing now for a while, but let's just stand to our feet in honor of the reading of the word. We stand for our national anthem. The least we can do is stand for God. Amen. He's worthy of all of it. Amen. Philippians chapter 4. We'll just read a couple verses here. Verse 6. It says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just... Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. May the Lord as blessing to the word you may have your seats. Amen. I almost want to start out by saying after that song service, in closing, (laughs) 
We're just going to have a few closing thoughts for a few minutes, and then we'll sing again and go from there. Amen. But as I was pondering on this, it was myself I'd requested Sister Angie to sing that song, Speak to This Mountain. About a week ago, I requested that, and then as I begin to study and go a different way and think on the Lord, and then I come back this afternoon to a title of, We Are Not Careful. And I just want to take that as a, as a simple title tonight, but really there's a, a lot of depth to the, the word. And, and as we look at this, this scripture in Philippians chapter 4, it says, be careful for nothing. And we know we've this has been preached on many a times, it's not saying don't just live your life any way you want, but rather saying don't be worried. Don't worry for anything. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus would teach us, you know, take no thought for the moral, for sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. God's able to provide for you today. He'll provide for you tomorrow. He'll provide for you the next day until the day he's able to come. It's for us to keep our, 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 our thoughts on him as the scripture re, uh, admonishes us. Whatsoever things are true and pure and just and holy and lovely of a good report, think on those things. Let that be our thoughts. There's no worry in those thoughts. There's no carefulness for our, 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 what we would say and what we would do in those thoughts. Because in those things, that's our, our mind and that's what we're feeding on and that's what we're pondering on. And those are the things that are controlling our words and the things that are controlling our actions. We don't have to be careful for what am I going to say because a, a word, as we know, is a thought expressed. And if those are your thoughts, what can the words be? but good words. If you create that kind of an atmosphere around you, it begins to breed those kinds of things. We're not careful for what we would do because we know we're not worried about the future. Are you with me? We know what the future holds. Uh, I'm going to use the word careful tonight for a reason, and that is, uh, that is I could go and just say, don't be worried, don't be worried, don't be worried. But I want to just really put this into perspective of be careful for nothing. Because, but in all things through prayer and supplication. In other words, he's speaking of a life that's lived. A life of a Christian that comes out to the prayer and of supplication. That you have a walk with the Lord. And when you have that kind of a walk with God, you can walk without worry. You can walk without fear. And the peace of God that passes all understanding is able to keep your hearts and minds. And we know in our day, Brother Renan would talk about the Laodicean church age, how that mental illness even would be on the rise in such a rapid rate. It would, it would come on and we see it all around us, different things that have gone on and just here today of some things that have gone on, horrible things of mental illnesses, demons that are, that are pressing on people, demons that are pressing on the bride, demons that are pressing on those who would seek the truth, demons that are pressing on those who even are just walking any way they would choose. It's just getting worse and worse and more and more evil is creeping in. Mental illness has become such a pandemic in our age. This isn't new to you, I understand that, but the, the internet that we have and the, the, the TikToks and the YouTube and the, the constant change of thought over and over again. You can't even dwell on anything because move, videos are 60 seconds and 30 seconds and you're on to the next thought, you're on to the next thing and you're constantly having a mind that's going and going and going and going and you can't even stop to think about what you just saw. But it's seeds that are being planted over and over and over and over into your mind to make you think things that when the pressure comes on, all of those things that have been planted down in there begin to come out in a rush. And all of a sudden you go, where did that come from? 
It came from the life that we've been living. It came from what we've been feeding on. It came from, did we approach it through prayer and supplication? Did it come and were we spending time with God? Because if that is what's on our mind, amen, if that is what we are praying about, if that is we have a walk with God, not just a five-minute devotion, if that's all you have time for, God bless you, but I would encourage you, take more time. Say, well, I start work early. Get up earlier. Stay up later. Whatever it takes. Take time at lunchtime. Open your Bible in the lunchroom. Let them see that you're a Christian. Hallelujah. I like to have a Bible where I am. I like to make sure I've got something I can listen to the message. I like it. I'll just tell you the way I am. When I'm in the summertime, I roll the windows down and I got the message playing. Amen. Until I finally pull up beside somebody. It was in a minivan. I was there driving through Spruce Grove and I had the windows down, I was playing a message, and I pull up beside this guy, and I see he's got a bumper sticker on there, something about the tapes. So I oh, perfect. So I pressed pause, and I said, hey. Looks over at me. You know how people are nowadays. He unrolls his window. I said, I love them tapes, too. He says, yeah, that's all we need. I says, hey, man, that's the word for the day. I'm so thankful, though, for a five-fold ministry. Light's green. <laughs> Well, that's just the way I am, I guess. <laughs> but I thank the Lord for it. Able to just share the message wherever we can. Share the light of the hour and the gospel that we have, that we have to be able to rejoice in. Amen. Because we ought to be thinking on those things constantly. It ought to give us an ability where we're not careful all the time. about. I don't, we're not, oh, let me just say it this way. You don't have to walk on eggshells. A message believer doesn't have to walk on eggshells because of the devil. The devil has to walk on eggshells because of you. Hey Amen. You don't have to worry about, well, Brother Andrew, the, the, the political correctness and the LGB and all these things. Forget those things. We ought to take the word of God and say, Lord, I realize I need to be a wise as serpent, harmless as a dove. But in the reality of it, speak the word of God. Allow him to do the work. Allow him to do the fighting. As Brother Ed was preaching this morning, sometimes we're trying to be in the place of God. Try to say, well, I'll say this, say that. Did I say the right thing? Did I say the wrong thing? Speak the word. Hallelujah. We're too afraid sometimes, wondering if it's a he or a her or a him or a shem or a whatever it is. And we got all kinds of things going on through our mind. We're not sure. It doesn't matter. I got one sure foundation, one absolute. That's the word of God. Amen. And it says, in the beginning created he them, male and female. That settles it. Praise God. I don't know where that came from, but it's the truth. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11. We're not worried about the future. We know what the future holds. We know who holds tomorrow. Why would I be worried about tomorrow when I know that God has my tomorrow? The one that created the heavens and the earth, that made sure that he spoke. And as he spoke, the Logos began to come out from him and begin to brood over the earth. And it began to divide the land from the water. And it began to bring forth the seed and bring forth life. And it brought a son into a place of maturity. Why would I be worried if that's the God that's got me in his hands? Amen. He says he's got me in the palm of his hands. He's got all of his, all of his sheep. They know his voice. He won't lose one. He's holding them. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 11 says, For the which cause also I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. 
Amen. Paul's talking about all the things that he suffered. If there's anyone that suffered something, Paul knew what it was to suffer. A man that was stoned, a man that was beaten, a man that was whipped, a man that was taken up for dead. He was put in prison for years upon years upon years. All of these things going on. He knew what it was to suffer. But he says, in all of it, I'm not ashamed. Oh, hallelujah. We can stop right there and just preach all night on. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of what he's done in my life. I'm not ashamed of the word of God. I'm not ashamed to stand and say, by his stripes I'm healed. I'm not ashamed to stand and say, I have peace in a world that doesn't know what peace is. That thinks that peace is bought with a gun. Not understanding that's not peace at all. Peace is the Lord Jesus Christ in the heart of an individual. Hallelujah. For I know in whom I have believed it. I'm not just sure of whom I have believed. I'm not just thinking I think I, I know I believe somebody. No, I know who I have believed it. I know that it's God that's in me. I know he's the one that holds my tomorrow. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hallelujah. I am persuaded. He's not just working on it, but he's able. Amen. He said in John chapter 14, Behold, I go and prepare a place for you. Amen. And where I am, you know, and the way you know. You know how to get there. That should have been a bigger amen than that. You know how to get there. You know where he is. Amen. He's got a place that he's preparing for you that is, has glory beyond what has ever entered into the hearts of men. Oh, praise be to God. Beyond what we've ever thought of all the greatness, it's not even worthy this suffering to be compared. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast. Hold fast to the form of sound words. Oh, praise be to God. You got something that's sound you got a word of God. You've got a message of William Branham. That's not William Branham's message. It's the angel of God that came down. was the voice behind the voice. It was Jesus Christ that was speaking to his bride. You have a sure word, a sure foundation. Don't try and put everything else onto it. As a quote I have in here, Brother Branham says, the, me- the bride is not interested or God does not want his bride to listen to intellectual seminars. That's not how he's trying to get her. He wants her to take him at his word. Hold fast to the form of sound words which thou hast heard of every theologian. No, which thou hast heard of me. Which you heard from the message of the hour. Of me in faith and love which is in Jesus Christ. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by your own ability. No, by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. The same God that spoke to the woman at the well. The same God whose wonders are just a few, so I'll tell them to you. No, too many to tell. Hallelujah. He's the same God that's living in me. Oh, I'm so thankful for the truth of the Godhead, aren't you? I'm so thankful to be able to hold to that sound word. 
I'm not looking for a third person of the Godhead that maybe tonight he'll pass by here. No, I brought him with me. I brought God with me. I know he's here because I'm gathering the name of Jesus Christ in that environment that it's God with you. It's God with me. It's God with you. Two or three come together in this way. He's here. He's not just here in a different form. He's here the same way. He's the same God. Yesterday and forever. The same way, oh, if the church could get the, the true revelation of the true church and who she is, Satan will be absolutely powerless before her. Amen. And yet he will be as definitely thwarted as he was when Christ defeated him with the word over in the desert. Amen, that when he was there tempting him and tempting him and tempting him with the pride of life, the pride of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, he overcome with, it is written, it is written, it is written. What are we to overcome him with? It is written, it is written, it is written. Hallelujah, the word of God will defeat the devil anytime, any place, anywhere, and under any circumstances. And I want to say it this way tonight, just so you fully understand, that is irregardless of whether you're born again or not. He says the word of God is able. You might not have the spirit to back it up. You might think you don't have the spirit to back it up. But you can take the word of God and say, but it is written. But I know it's written and I'm going to stay there until God shows me further. And if you're willing to stay behind that, then the devil cannot defeat you. And that is the kind of faith that God recognizes. And he comes in and he fills it with his Holy Ghost. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Because it's the word of God that defeats the devil. And we'll get into that more. Don't worry if the Lord will give us grace tonight. First Kings chapter 18. Why don't we go there together before we move on. Let's bring this in. First Kings chapter 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God is the eternal. You could just step into it and just give me grace, God, to know when to step out tonight. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. It says, and it came to pass. We know that this scripture takes place. Elijah had spoken and had come in and stomped in to the king's court and said, it will not rain, neither will dew come until I call for it. Three and a half years later, we come down to this scripture and it says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year after he'd gone in and made this prophecy. He said, go show thyself to Ahab, I will send rain upon the earth. And Ahab went and showed himself unto Ahab and there was a sore famine, for there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And it was so that when Jezebel had, had cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had took a hundred prophets and hid them in the, in, by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and with water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go into the land and unto all fountains of water and unto all brooks, preadventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all of the beasts. I want you to stop for a moment and think on these scriptures here as we're reading this as it starts out in verse 1. Ahab got a visitation. 
Elijah came to him and spoke and said, uh, he said, I will send rain upon the earth. And what, what is Ahab's reaction? It ought to have been, praise the Lord, it's finally over. He's going to send rain upon the earth, but his reaction was totally different. He said, go get Obadiah. He, he's my right-hand man. We're going to go get him. Let's go out. Let's find water. Ahab hated the word of God so much that he was doing everything he could to disprove it. He said, let's go into all the land. Go to all the water wells. Go to all the fields. Go to every river. Let's find some water, Obadiah, because this guy comes in and he told me originally it won't rain till I call for it. Neither will do fall. And nothing is going to happen. But now he's coming and saying, I'm going to send rain. So let's go prove him wrong. Quickly, time is running out. Let's make sure we don't give this guy anything. We're going to prove the word for our day wrong. Oh, my. That's the kind, of, the kind of atmosphere and attitude and devil he had working on him. He was doing everything he could to disprove the prophet. But if you carry on in verse 6, it says, So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went the other way by himself. As Obadiah went his way, Elijah met him. Hallelujah. He knew him, and he fell on his face and said, Art thou that my Lord Elijah? <laughs> he had respects to the word of God the prophet for his day. And he answered him, and he said, I am. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. Oh, my. And he said, Obadiah said, what have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant unto the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, is there, there is no nation, no kingdom, whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said, he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. He really hated the prophet. And, 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 and now thou sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee. Now he had a preconceived idea. As soon as I'm gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry thee whither I know not, so that when I come and tell Ahab, and he can't find thee, and he shall slay thee, for I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Hallelujah. Was it not told my Lord that I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets and by fifty in a cave, fed them with the bread and water. And now thou sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, well, let's just back up a minute here in verse 14. It says he begins to plead with the prophet, really. You know, listen, I've lived the right kind of life. I've kept my thoughts pure. Look what I did. Did you not hear what I did when, 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 when Jezebel tried to slay them all? I hid a hundred of them in caves and I, I feared the Lord and I've, I believed the word of God. But now the word for the hour was coming by his way. There was something that God was saying, I'm doing a new thing here. Something's coming to pass. There's prophecy coming forth. There's something coming that hadn't happened before and I'm coming to you, Obadiah. What are you going to do about it? And now he's taking a step back. Oh, well, I'm not so sure. Are you really? Give me a promise. I mean, really make sure. I, I don't want to lose my life over this. But Elijah said, verse 15, as the Lord of hosts liveth, 
before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. And Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. We know in this chapter it comes down to a showdown in Mount Carmel. But it had gotten to such a place before God brought it to that showdown that even those who greatly feared the Lord had become shy to speak the word for fear of their lives. Till he was even afraid to talk about the prophet in the presence of the king. Why? He didn't have... He was a man that feared the Lord. But his faith was lacking. To be totally sold out to the word for his day. And it just so happened that way in our day. When the word of God was revealed... We stepped forward into the life of Brother Branham. When he was there doing great miracles, there was a lot of people that believed. When he was there and there was prayer lines and there was things happening, a lot of people believed. A lot of men followed him. But when it came to the opening of the word, when it came to a revelation, they began to say, I don't really know if I want to accept that. Maybe you could change that on the serpent seed. Maybe you could change that on the water baptism. Maybe you could change that on the Godhead. Maybe you could just change that a little bit there. Why, men that feared God became afraid to stand with the prophet. Men that did fear God, they had ministries, but in the end, they came to a place where they were afraid to stand with the prophet for fear of their lives. Maybe not their natural life, but for fear of their ministry being taken away, their meal ticket, their church, their denomination kicking them out, all of these things going on. And I want to ask you, saints, are we there again? Is there a fear that amongst the people that fear the Lord to really stand on the word of God, the word that God has given them through the prophet of the hour for fear of ridicule and rejection? I want to take you to another time in the Bible. If you go, we'll just maybe put it up on the screen to Daniel chapter 3. Familiar scripture for all of us. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, now if you be ready, the king, we know what happened. The king built a great big statue of his God. The prophet said was, was Daniel that he built the statue of. And they put it up there. Everybody bow down and worship this. And finally they said, there's three Hebrew children. They're not bowing. This Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they brought him forward. The king says, hey, listen, I'm a man of great grace. I'm going to do this one more time. And now at this time, if you, if you hear all of these trumpets, if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. I'm a good king. I got grace. But, you know, I'm a just king too, so I'm going to keep my word, okay? Hey, it's, it's political here. He's trying to play a political game here. Listen, guys, we're, we're just trying to be one together. We just need to be inclusive of everybody here. You see what everybody's doing? Just follow along with what everybody's doing, okay? It's okay. No one's going to care because everybody else is doing it. Why you guys got to be so different? Why you still got to do those things? You're still not cutting your hair? 
You're still wearing those skirts. You're still not wearing them shorts. You still don't go drinking. What's wrong with you? Come on. It's just at church. Be church on Sunday. It's Friday, though, today. Let's go out and have fun. You got young people's tonight? Come on, who does that? Don't put your Christian stuff down my throat. (laughs) Y'all never heard that one, right? He says, listen, just do this. Who is that God that should deliver you from my hands? Oh, my. Sounds like a few governments around the world. Who is that God that's greater than I? But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. I love the way they start out that. As a matter of fact, we're not even going to consult with each other. We're not going to phone up our sister churches and say, what do you guys think? We're not careful because the God that lives in us, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will, and if, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Oh, hallelujah. But if not, not if he's not able, but if he so chooses that this should be our end, let it be known to thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Oh my, praise be to God. Then the Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Wherefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times hotter more than it it want to be heated. Just take it and heat it more than it's ever been heated before. Seven times. I don't know how they measured it, but they figured it out. They got it seven times hotter. They had to start going in Kelvin instead of Celsius because it was so hot. So much so that the guards that threw them in died, choked and died. They couldn't even get in there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to walk in on their own feet because the guards couldn't make it. Hallelujah. What was that song this morning about the winning side? It says, that's it, Brother Branham says, at thy word. He says, take God at his word. Whatever God says, God is able to perform. God, down through the ages, I could see the Hebrew children that night when they come down to the fiery furnace, they were down there in Babylon. What a condition way down there in Babylon. But them boys were determined that they wasn't going to be defeated. When they got down there to Babylon, it was very plain, the deception. They got there to the table and they said, just eat of the king's meat. But they said, wait, there's a priest over there. Blessing it. We won't eat of this. It's been offered to idols. Just give us pulse. It's whatever pulse was. You, have, you can think of what that is. Vegetables. All right. I didn't want to say vegetables, but we'll call it that. It was vegetables that they ate there. Just, just, just make us a bunch of vegetarians. We'll be happy with that. That would have taken a lot of self-control for some of us. But they were happy with that. Because the deception was so obvious. But as time went on, because now there was a prophet in the land named Daniel. 
that he had the word of the Lord and he began to speak and he would see visions, he would get interpretations and these three were the closest to Daniel that he would listen, they would listen to him, they would follow his word and they would look back as he would preach on the prophets that had gone before, on Jeremiah, what Jeremiah had said, on what Isaiah had said, on the teaching of Moses and oh, they were listening to the word as they were there and that today but when the deception got so close that now it's an image of the prophet. That whose message they were listening to. And they said, just bow down to this now. And everyone else went, sure, sounds good. It's just another idol. But to them, they said, no, I'm not willing to bow down to a man because they recognized it was not a man. They recognized that it was not a man, William Branham. It was the voice behind the voice the whole time. It was Jesus Christ that was here. It was him that was in the cloud. It was him that was in the pillar of fire. It was him that was speaking through the prophet. It's been him all along, and he's the same one today that's speaking through the bride. Oh, hallelujah, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could stand there and look at Daniel and say, he's just like us. Yes, he's the prophet, but we have the same word that he has. Yes. Hallelujah. They could have looked right at him and said, if you're going to worship him, you might as well put four images up there. <laughs> but they knew that would have been wrong, so they didn't go there. Don't worship a man. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ. The things that he's able to keep by the Holy Ghost. Them boys, Heather Brenham says, had determined that they wasn't going to be defeated. Oh, praise God. They had determined they were not going to be defeated. If you can walk out of here tonight with one determination, I will not be defeated. I might have to fight a whole lot of battles, but I will not be defeated. Oh my, I might get beat down a few times. I might get knocked down and be down there in the ring for the count one, two, but I'm getting back up again because I will not be defeated. He might have me on the ropes where I'm tired and I'm weary. Just take that old devil right and push him right in your arms and say, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. We know that wasn't the words of Muhammad Ali. It was, who's the best fighter? I'm the best boxer. I'm the best fighter. Just let them know. Satan, you want to be here in my room? No problem. Listen to these words. Put on a little message. The interveil. Oh, that's me right there, the one that curtain comes down and drops around me. Satan, I can't even hear what you're saying anymore. He's talking about me. Oh, my, put that on there. Future home. That's my place. That's where I'm going. Satan, you know that place where I'm going? There's a, there's a, there's a city 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles coming down from God as a bride. That's me. That's me. Where are you going to be, devil? Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. You're going to be in the lake of fire. My bad. Your revelation is 20, gone. This is 21. Missed you. Just let him know. Remind him of what? What are you reminding him of? The word of God. It is written. They were determined. We will not be defeated. 
They were going to take God's word for it. We need some more of them tonight. The Shadrachs, the Meshachs, and the Abednegoes. I believe we've got some Shadrachs, some Meshachs, and Abednegoes. I believe we've got some people here that are not afraid to stand with the word of God. That are not afraid to stand on the truth, to stand with the prophet, and recognize that we're finally coming to a place of maturity. Oh my, that the word and the inspiration and the bride are coming right in line. The spirit and the prophet and the bride, the threefold voice to this day. It's the spirit that speaks it, the prophet speaks it, the bride speaks it. It's all the same, God perfected in threes. Amen, it's it's all in threes. Satan's got his trinity. We heard that this morning. He's got his trinity where he's going about in his, where he's got the spirit of the devil. Then it becomes the prophet. Then it becomes the beast. Then it becomes the devil incarnate, him and the trinity. All of these things, the beast, the devil incarnate, same thing as they're coming in this way. Oh, but what's going on? There's a right side to all of it. That's what we're a part of. But look how horrible it is out there. Look at what he's doing. Look at how bad it is. I'm not ashamed. The inspiration. The Brenham says, in the way that it strikes you, if you're sick, that's the way it strikes you. If you're afflicted, there's something that's something is revealed to you, and you see that it's revealed, you speak up. And you say, I'm healed. When God tells you what to do, you rise up and you start walking. Then it's all over when you can do that. That's the way God does it when you see God manifested through yourself. Don't be afraid. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. Right when it puts in your mind and you, the inspiration strikes and he tries to come right in behind it and say, but if you say it, it won't happen. Speak it anyways. Stand on the word of God. That's just a thought because the the original that came from God came from your soul. Came from the inside of the inside where faith is because in your soul there's only faith or doubt. And it was something on the inside that began to rise up and agree with the word of God. And then inspiration begins to strike to say, I know I'm healed. I know what I've got to do. I know where I'm going to get my next job. I know where I'm going to get my next meal. I know that my children are going to be well and my children will be saved. I know that I'm going to overcome the enemy because the word of God is agreeing with the spirit that's in you and it needs to speak out of you puts the word of God into action just like it was that day when God told Moses what to do as he was there standing before the Red Sea and they come down and the children of Israel come right on down there and they begin to murmur and they begin to complain and say Moses you brought us to a dead hand and the Egyptians are going to slay us wasn't there enough graves up in Egypt you had to kill us out here in the wilderness why did you do this to us but he turned around and said this day you'll see the salvation of the Lord before God ever spoke to him about what to do he turned around he took God at his word something on the inside of Moses began to well up within him saying don't fear For this day you'll see the salvation of God. Then God spoke to him and said, this is what you're going to do. Oh, praise be to God. And the pillar of fire led them right across the Red Sea. Hallelujah. He heard God. Then they seen God in action. 
Joshua was in an hour of crisis one time as they got there in the promised land and they were fighting the armies that were there that had come against the Gibeonites and they were there fighting against these kings that had come against them. And they said, we're running out of daylight and they'll they'll regroup and we won't be able to rout them enough. And Joshua was in an hour of crisis and he just, something on the inside began to well up within him. That no matter what the devil would be to put in his mind saying, oh, don't say that, that's ridiculous. Don't say that, that's ridiculous. No, something on the inside while it says, sun, stand still. Moon, hang there over Adjelon. It just come right out of him. He recognized it was God. Why? Because he had the word of the Lord that said, wherever the soles of your foot shall tread upon, whatever you say, be strong and have a good courage. Fight. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost in an individual that can begin to speak out. It's not just repeating scripture and repeating scripture and repeating scripture. But there's a gift of prophecy that's able to speak under the Holy Ghost. That'll go beyond even scripture. But it'll agree with the scripture and bring God on the scene in the moment of crisis. Joshua was a prophet. He knew that his army wouldn't have a chance if they united again. But he would not lose a man. Hallelujah. So in the hour, something had to be done. There's only one thing he could do. Speak the word and go forward. Hallelujah. They heard Joshua. They'd heard of God. and Now they've seen God. I don't know about you, but I've heard of God a lot. Oh, yeah. I've heard of God a lot. I've listened to all the tapes, 47 to 65. I've heard of prayer line after prayer line after prayer line after prayer line. I've heard of stopping storms on mountains. I've heard of all kinds of things that are wonderful things. I'm not making light of them at all. There's the glory of God in our generation. But I want to tell you, I want to see him. Come on, church. Don't be careful. I want to see him in a reality in my life every single day when I'm walking with God. I don't want to be scared to speak the word. Speak the word of God and go forward. If you feel the unction of the Holy Ghost, just say it. Let go of our own preconceived ideas. Oh, don't you know what will happen? They'll kill me. They'll slay me. They'll call me a fool. They'll ridicule me. There was a man that for six months went around saying, praise God, I'm healed. Praise God, I'm healed. Praise God, he restored my sight. Praise God, I'm healed. Praise God, he restored my sight. But one day, one day, in the most ridiculous way possible, shaving cream half down his face, a barber's frock all over him running down the street. I could see, I could see. Oh, praise be to God. Brother Benham would say, sometimes we're just too afraid about what it'll do to us. Don't be scared of what God will do to you. It's eternal. It's of a value that's greater than anything this world has to offer. Hallelujah. God wants to give you the Holy Ghost more than you want it. And I want to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter how you get it. I don't care if you get it at an altar, if you get it in your bedroom, if you get it on the street, if you get it in mom and dad's room, if you get it, wherever you get it. You can get on the ski hill. Go down there to Sunridge. Start a prayer meeting. Praise be to God wherever it's got to be. Just get it. Get yourself out of the way. Don't worry about what it will do to you. Let God take over. Just as long as you get it, it will change what you're fighting for. 
Think of the children of Israel when they come out of Egypt. They finally crossed over the Red Sea. When they got across there, they thought, praise God, we're free of the Egyptians. We're having a wonderful time. Then they get to complain about other things, and pretty soon, here come the Amalekites. Man, we just got free of the Egyptians, and now we got these people? We're not even in our promised land yet. What's that a type of? They weren't even born again yet. They just got justified. They're in the middle again, sanctified, and here comes another one. Here comes another giant, Agabashan, that's coming on down there. The biggest man in the Bible is coming down there to try and fight them. So many fingers, more than five on each hand. All kinds of things going on with him. Great warrior, a fighter, scary looking dude coming on down there saying, we're going to take you guys out. They're saying, we're not even in a promise on yet. Come on, we're still trying to get to somewhere. Leave us alone. Listen, the devil's not going to leave you alone. Forget that idea. He's not going to give you a day off. I hope when you woke up this morning, you didn't pray and say, Satan, please just leave me alone today, okay? I'm not feeling like it this morning. Can we postpone this to another day? I don't know if you ever tried that, but it don't work. He just starts laughing. No, we ought to wake up in the morning and say, devil, you came after me without even a warning. But I want to tell you, I won't quit or compromise because I won't be defeated. I'm determined about one thing, that whatever comes my way today, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. But God is the one that holds my today. God is the one that holds my tomorrow. So whatever will come, let it come. I got angels that are watching over me. Hallelujah, devil. You thought it was just me. It's not just me. You're on an army. He'll try and reason with you in the natural, in the carnal, and say, what are you talking about? I don't see any angels around you. And he'll just call his bluff. Say, no, devil, you're wrong. I don't see any angels, but you do. Because <laughs> you're in that realm. I'm not. You can't lie to me like that. I feel them. There's angels' wings brushing up against you tonight. Remind the devil of it. Say, listen, this ain't an empty pew. Brother Mark's got his arm around. There's an angel over there. Oh, praise be to God. Israel, outside of the promised land, was fighting for something to come. They were fighting for their own survival. Just trying to survive. Sometimes you feel that way. I'm just trying to survive, Lord. That's where they were at, just trying to survive the older and the weaker and the children back there in the back, just trying to keep up with the caravan that's going on. And here comes the Amalekites down the mountain. Why? Why me? Lord, haven't I done enough? Why are they coming again? But there was a God-sent general there. He came up before the prophet of the day. Moses, the Amalekites are attacking us from the back. They got the tactics of the devil. They just attacked the weak and the beggarly. They're just after those that are having a hard time standing on their own two feet. The next thing you know, the Holy Ghost and the pastor, when he's consulting the word, begins to preach something over the pulpit. That begins to defeat the devil in your life. Even though you feel like I can't fight on my own, I'm just done. Something begins to come forth. Says, you will not be defeated. You're an invincible army. But I'm 83 years old and I'm in a wheelchair and I'm stuck. You will not be defeated. You're a part of an invincible army. 
You've got a position in this church. You've got a position in the body of Christ. God is more than able to keep all that you have committed unto him against that day. He's more than able to commit. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. They were just fighting for their survival. But when they got into Canaan's land, when they crossed the river Jordan, it changed their very purpose for fighting. It changed that they were fighting for. It changed their whole reason. It changed their whole motive. It renewed their strength. Why, now they were in their home. This is my inheritance. There was something beyond themselves that they could fight for longer than a day because it was in their inheritance that they were fighting for. It wasn't them fighting anymore. Oh, I hope you're with me. It wasn't them fighting anymore. Now they had a promise. This is my land. And you, devil, are on my land. So I've got the word of God that says you are already defeated. You will not stand before me that I cannot die. Oh, praise be to God. It wasn't based at that moment on their ability to fight. It was based on the word of God that it could even take an 80-year-old man that said, Give me the best offended mountain. Give me the mountain with the most giants. Give me the one that's the hardest to take. I'm going to go take them on. Joshua tells Caleb, are you sure you want that one? Absolutely, because my footsteps were all over that mountain. And so all those other guys are a bunch of intruders. I cannot be defeated. Hallelujah. Caleb, you want a bunch of help? It's up to you, man. I don't need it. I got God. Oh, praise be to God. When you really get a hold of God, when you really get locked in with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're born by the Spirit of God, you've shut yourself into the Shekinah glory with God, and the veil of God has dropped around you. You're no longer, oh, when they were there on the mountain that day, that there was a veil that they had to put over Moses because of the glory that was on Moses. But the Brother would say it was a natural veil that was there put upon him because the glory of God was so great in him because he had the word and he had yet to deliver the word. So they said even Moses, he became the word. And they had to veil it because the glory was so great that he shone out and they were afraid of it. So they veiled his face. That was the natural veil. But the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, you are not come unto the mountain that can be touched with hands. You are come unto Mount Zion. But the man would say there's a veil now that is a spiritual veil. A veil that's not just over the person with, with, with the Holy Ghost in them, but rather it is a spiritual blindness, a veil over the people that I am not veiled. The unbeliever is veiled because the glory of God is so great in me, they can't see it. Right. <laughs> oh, praise be to God. Yes, I could take a whole bunch of quotes and then preach that, back that up, but I don't have time. It's all there. It's Christ in you. When you get so locked in with him, it's no longer fighting for your survival. It's fighting for your inheritance, which is Jesus Christ. The fullness of the Godhead. All that was in Christ, he poured. All that was in God, he poured into Christ. God, kenosis, emptied himself out. And Christ, through kenosis, emptied himself out into the many-membered body. The fullness of himself. 
The church today doesn't have just a part of God and a hope so and a maybe so. It's a shall be and an is. And we shall all be changed. And we shall put on immortality. And we shall overcome. And we shall not be defeated. We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. The word of God. Oh, it can defeat the enemy anytime, any place, anywhere, under any circumstances. Hallelujah. Let me just take it this way. He talks about in the, in, this, in, the, in the church ages books. He says, remember now, John the Baptist was both the prophet and the messenger to his day. He was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. When he was baptizing in Jordan, the word of God, Jesus, came to him. And the word always comes to the truly spirit-filled. That is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. That is what Jesus said would be the evidence. He said, and I will pray the Father that he will send you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Now we know the truth is. Thy word is truth. Hallelujah. Let me say it this way. Before you get born again, the word of God will still defeat Satan under any circumstances, any time, and any place. If you will just take God at his word, it will defeat the enemy. Amen. The Israelites, they were not yet in their promised land fighting Agabashan and fighting the Amalekites. But as long as they could look up and see Moses with his hands raised, they knew they could not be defeated. As long as they kept their eyes on the word of God, they knew that they would be an invincible army and they would not lose one. But when they came into the promised land, the word became personal within them. They didn't need a man to hold his hands up anymore because it was in their heart now that they could recognize it's now God in me, the same God that was in Moses. It's the same God that's in Joshua. It's the same God that's in me that I can fight for my inheritance. Right. Hallelujah. Oh, and they got so worked up in it that they recognized, I don't just need to fight for my inheritance. I've conquered my land. This platform's all mine. But now that I've conquered it, I can come down here and help you conquer your land. Why? Because God is more than able. Because the promise isn't just to me. It's to, it's to me and it's to my children. It's to as many as the Lord our God shall call. And to whomever should believe, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It never fails it never will fail we fail but it never fails God increase our faith hallelujah thy word is truth he says again in John 8 43 he says why do you not understand my speech even because you hear not my word did you notice that Jesus said that the world could not receive the Holy Ghost well, in this verse I just read, whether, whether neither could they receive, they couldn't receive the Holy Ghost, neither could they receive the Word. Why? Because the Spirit and the Word are one. If you have the Holy Spirit as the prophets, the Word would come to you. Oh, praise God. The word of the Lord comes to the prophets, but now he begins to take it a step further. If you got the Holy Ghost like they had the Holy Ghost... In other words, if you could come to a place of adoption. <laughs> oh my, he says, you would receive it in John 14, 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Here again, we find the word becoming, word coming because of the Spirit of God. 
Again, in John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will give you all truth. Thy word is truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, the word of God, he shall speak. The word. The spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, when he hears the word, he'll speak the word. Amen. And he will show you things to come. The spirit bringing the word of prophecy. In other words, listen, when the spirit comes to you, the word will come to you. But he says, if you could get it like the prophets had it, then the word will come to you the way it came to them. That there'll be revelation. Come to a bride that is under an eagle anointing that is able to raise up into the heavenlies of the word of God and begin to catch what the prophets were always talking about. He says, I want you to note very carefully that Jesus did not say the evidence of being baptized with the Holy Ghost was speaking in tongues. Neither was it interpreting, neither was it prophesying or shouting and dancing. He said, the evidence would be that you would be in the truth. Hallelujah. Now that doesn't do away with shouting, dancing, speaking in tongues or any of those things. I can give you a quote I got here tonight where Brother Brown starts to talk about David. And he says, David, when he seen the word of God coming into its place, then he began to dance. He began to go around and around and around and around the ark, dancing and taking off his kingly garments. Why? Because he saw the word of God coming into its place. Oh, I believe there ought to be more dancing in the church of God because the word of God, it's coming into his place in your heart, making you the word, the true spoken word, seed bride of Jesus Christ. There ought to be a little more excitement about the word of God. Oh, praise be to God. He says, but the evidence is that you would be in the truth, that you would be in the word of God for your age. Evidence has to do with receiving the word. Amen. Notice what we talked about already. The word of God will defeat the enemy under any circumstances. But without the spirit, it's you going to the word to find the answer to the devil's question. Without the Holy Ghost, it's you going to the word to find the answer. But with the Spirit, it's the Word coming to you. It turns it all around. Brother Brennan would talk about in the message, the token. Hallelujah. He'd say, when you have, when you can present the token with your prayer, it shows that you have come, that you have fully come to obedience to the whole Word of God. When you've got the token, it shows that you have obeyed every word. Then you and the word are one. You only ask for the thing that you are. Oh, he says, see then why you know, since I say, if I reach out and say hand, reach out and take this water bottle, it does it because the hand obeys me because it's a part of me. So is it when you and the word become one, every promise, glory to God, every promise is yours. It's no longer you trying to go and figure it out and study it and say, oh God, in the name of Jesus, but rather it's the word of God coming to you that when you read it, it just comes back on your mind. It goes back on your mind. When the devil comes, the word just comes back on your mind. Oh, praise be to God. He says, then you want to watch what you do. Oh, praise be to God. We feel, because God changes mind, he says, we feel that just like one time in the Bible, they was up there against a crisis and the Spirit of the Lord fell on a man. Told him where to defeat the enemy, where to go. 
Listen to this. He says, this is the example in the Bible that's laid out. He's saying, this is the way it ought to be for you. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, just like it was in the Bible, when they was in a crisis, the Spirit of the Lord fell on a man and told them where to go to defeat the enemy. Listen, just correct yourself. The Spirit of life in you corrects you to the Word. If the Word is living in you, it lives itself right through the Word. Oh, praise be to God. Then you can't help. The filter is put on the inlet then, not the outlet. Say, we need a thinking man's filter. Put it on the inlet. Everything coming in goes through the word of God. Because then everything going out will be the word of God. You won't need to filter that. Hallelujah. I had to take five minutes to stop and make notes on that because that was fresh. It's not just the red letters. Jesus says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. They are life. That's not just the red letters. Because he says, but whatsoever the spirit of truth, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So now what words are spirit and life? The words that he speaks through you. Let's stand to our feet. Any messenger that is ever sent from God How can any messenger sent from God believe only a part of the word and deny some of it? The true prophet in the last day will proclaim the whole word and denominations will hate him. His words may be harsh like John the Baptist who called them vipers, but the predestinated will hear it and be ready for a rapture. The royal seed of Abraham They, like faith, they with like faith as Abraham's faith, will hold to the word with him. They are predestinated together. Hallelujah. We are predestinated. They, without us, cannot be made perfect. They're waiting for you, for me. To get a revelation of who we are and stand on it. Amen. Why don't we just sing that simple chorus? I got a revelation of predestination, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Amen. I've got a revelation of predestination. I've got a revelation. God is my Father, and I know where I came from. Tells me where that I'm going, and the gates of hell can never prevail again.
came from tells me where that I'm going and the gates of hell can never prevail again. Just who I am, Lord, who I am, I can see now who I am. Oh, glorious victory. On glorious victory, that day he set me free, and he made my heart his very throne. My life is no longer mine, I'm a prisoner of love divine. We've heard a lot, but now we see. Yeah. Amen. We want more than ever to see God moving in our midst. We want to see Him working amongst the individuals, Him working and meeting our every need. Amen. We've been healed. We've had God do mighty things in our midst. I just had one, if you just bear with me a few minutes, and I said, all right. Just the other day, I was thinking about it. Brother, Brother Ed was bringing out a quote about asthma and dwelling in low, swampy areas, and it brought something back to my memory. At this springtime, we were, my son had a cough that he just, he would cough and cough till he just ran out of breath and wheezing and couldn't catch his breath. And I thought, oh, that's strange. And we took him in and got a doctor to look at him and things. And they gave him, I guess they'd given him a couple of steroid pills to help open his lungs. And then they, they said, well, here's a puffer. If you'd like it, take the puffer. And, you know, he's, they diagnosed it, I think, as acute asthma kind of thing. And the devil remembers. Because I had... I remembered when I was in, in elementary school, I had two best friends. We used to play together all the time. And we would run and we would play. And I'd, sometimes we'd be running and playing and all of a sudden they'd be nowhere near me. And I'd stop and turn around and they'd be wheezing over in the corner with their... <laughs> they both had asthma. And something, God brought something back to me in the last couple of weeks where he said, remember you said you'll never let that happen to you? And now here Satan tried to put that over on my son. Here's a puffer for him. 
And I remember I come home that day from work after my wife had brought him back home and she just done as the doctor said and I appreciate that. And as he brought him back home and I was just going about my day at home and I, I come across in his bedroom, put him to bed and I seen this box there. I said, what's that? He said, oh, that's my puffer. I said, you're what? And I grabbed it and I explained it to him and I said, no, we're, we're going to trust the Lord. We had prayer together and I, I actually, I'll be honest with you, I was a little angry. Because I was not happy that this thing was in my house. I was not happy with the devil. Not angry at my wife, not angry at my children. I was angry at the devil. I said, this is not going to have a happen in my house. And I took that thing and I went through it in the garbage. I don't remember the cough after that at all. I don't know if it was hours, if it was days, but it was gone. He has never had anything like that since. He plays now, he plays ball hockey, he's running from end to end to end to end and no problem breathing and having no issues, he's got a helmet on and everything's wonderful. I thank God for it. He's the healer of all our sicknesses and diseases. Amen. He's worthy of it. I don't care how big or how small it seems, the Lord is more than able. Amen. We had a prayer request a while ago, my wife would come up here for prayer and her, she was losing her hair all the time, and it was just coming out in handfuls and handfuls. And I was, it was worrying me, and it was worrying her. And finally, we started praying about it. I said, Lord, this is, this is her glory. You've given the woman her hair for her glory. And she'd come up for prayer, and she had hands laid on her according to the scripture. And, and the elders of the church lay hands on her and, and anoint her with oil and pray the prayer of faith that will save the sick. He say, sick, Brother Andrew, it's just her hair. No, God gave her that hair. When we were first married, she had, she had hair down to the floor, and she would get headaches from it. But I began to pray for her in that time when we were just newly married. And I said, Lord, you gave her this nice hair. Why in the world would you give her headaches with it? Yeah. And God took the headaches away. Hallelujah. So now all of a sudden come down past three kids, and now she's losing all her hair. And I'm going, Lord, you took the headaches away. Now why are you taking the hair away? This is her hair. This is her glory. This is her covering. You gave it to her. Oh, Brother Andrew, if mine didn't grow that long and hers, she's got lost in, no, no, I had plenty of people tell me plenty of things. It was COVID, it was past kids, it was postpartum, it was everything else. Maybe I'm stubborn, but I like to call it faith where I said, no, I'm not accepting any of those things. God is more than able. Amen. Amen. And we were sitting there one day praying about it and in devotions and it just come to my heart and I began to look at it and I, I just got online. I said, Lord, maybe there's something that can help. And we went to all kinds of doctors. We went to natural paths. We went over to the other doctor. We got blood work. We got hormone tests. We got this going on, that going on. Do our due diligence, right? right. Do everything we can to say, well, Lord, what's the problem? Maybe there's something wrong here. But none of the doctors, the doctors all came back and said, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Praise God, she's healthy as ever. Amen. But the hair was still falling out. Finally, God put it on my heart. Just look up some supplements. So I just, I didn't feel uber spiritual. I just started looking up. Is there supplements, natural supplements for women's hair? And the, one of them popped up and it was all natural. It was all good. And I thought, well, all right, it's expensive, but we'll try it. So I just ordered it up. It came, her, her hair now in the course of, what is it now, honey? Three months? Four months? It's growing back about a foot, foot and a half. Hallelujah. It's over. Satan is defeated. Amen. God's able to work through faith. He's able to work through medicine. He's able to work through doctors. He's able to work through music. He's able to work through the word. We just need to have faith in what God's doing. God desires to give you what you have need of. Take him at his word. 
Oh, don't you love him? Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't he? Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? I have seen ears of bird watch record. 